There's been a lot of revisionist history around the Aaron Rodgers trade and when the Packers decided to ultimately depart from the Aaron Rodgers experiment. I'll make the case on today's show, the Packers waited just the right amount of time, despite the, let's call it a lackluster return, at least in the grand scheme of what it could have been over the last few years. Plus, the signs Christian Watson showed he was a star last season. Another bit of evidence. Plus, why, if the Packers are and have been so talented, has it not translated on the field? We're going to talk about all of that on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. A lot of ink has been spilled and words exhaled on this podcast and and certainly in plenty of other spaces about the timing of the Aaron Rodgers trade. And, And something our pal Kevin Clark from The Ringer said struck me. He said, actually on a couple different shows, that he believes no NFL team had ever traded a quarterback that they really wanted to keep. And I just, I started to think about that a little bit more. And I thought, you know, that is what is different about this year. Truly. In 2021, the spring of discontentment into the summer of honesty, Everydayers will remember that was what we called those time periods. The Packers could have traded Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers would have welcomed a trade. He said, if you want to trade me, trade me. Or at least that's his assessment of what the, let's call it a a conversation was. There's been reporting that it was a much more forceful conversation, that it was basically, whether it was him or through his agents, him saying, I don't want to be here. Changes need to be made or I want out. Regardless of whether or not that's true, you're talking about a guy coming off an MVP season, the arguably the best season of his career. I think the second best season of his career outside of 2011, I've said this before many times, I've never seen a quarterback play the position at a higher level before or since than 2011 Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers 2011 He did things no one has ever done, and I I don't know that we'll see another guy do in a a really long time. Maybe someone will prove me wrong. I haven't seen it yet. That guy, you hold on to that guy. You do everything you can to make sure you hold on to that guy, and in this case, he's under contract, and in the NFL, Players don't tend to do what someone like Damian Lillard did. And this is, we've had this conversation. We just did this yesterday a little bit. I don't want to rehash it. Say, oh, you have to send me this team, which is ultimately what Aaron Rodgers did. 
But if you think last year he didn't have a team in mind and all the indications are it was Denver last year or in 2021 because that was why the Broncos were lining up that next season because they felt like he wants to come here. Okay. The Packers knew who was going to come in and, and offer something heavy for him. But here's why they waited the right time. Number one, you don't trade a quarterback if you don't want to. And they clearly did not want to. He's an MVP. He made it easy by not playing well last year. And maybe, maybe part of that subconsciously was intentional. That he knew if he played well, the Packers would not let him leave, even if the season did not go their way. Now, I think that is galaxy braining this a little too much. I, I don't buy that. I don't really believe that. But it can't be ruled out that he would have sabotaged the season on some level to say, look, this isn't working out. Get me out of here. Sort of like, you know, the person in a relationship who doesn't want to be the one to break up. So they just sort of like they start picking stupid fights. They stop. They start, uh, you know, not wanting to hang out. They start, you know, just like doing stupid stuff, self-sabotaging the relationship so that the other person ultimately ends it. The Packers traded Aaron Rodgers when they wanted to trade Aaron Rodgers, when they felt it was in their best interest and when Aaron Rodgers wanted to leave. But Aaron Rodgers wanted to leave in 2021 and he flirted with leaving in 2022. So that part of this wasn't new. What changed is Green Bay's perspective on all of this. And I think it was based in part on the play but it was also based on the timeline and a lot of different things that play the cost, all of that. What well, it was a, a, um, a confluence of events. But here's the other part of this that I think is so essential in this conversation. I know that there is going to be, and there has been, this fretting over lost value, over opportunity cost. Okay, you kept him for another year, but at what cost? You got a significantly and materially worse trade package than you would have gotten in 2021, let's say, if you traded him when you felt like you, you should have, or in 2022 even. After his second MVP season, I've said all along, that's much easier said than done, trading him coming off his second MVP. And in that case, you're talking about contracts and things that needed to be reworked as well. Especially, especially after the 2020 season. To me, there is no case that you trade him then. Yes, his value is probably the highest. What would you, what would you be willing to spend in terms of draft capital and contracts right now? To assure the Packers were as good in 2023 as they were in 2021. It was worth it to make one more run with Devontae Adams and those guys. Absolutely worth it. Like if you think you could have gotten the Russell Wilson package, maybe more. You could have gotten three first round picks and a second and stuff and players. Okay, I understand that. What is, what is the Delta worth to you? 2021, they should have won. And this, this is going to tie back into our conversation. That's why this is all related. And I'm, I'm, I, I know I, I, I tease it at the top. It sounds like three disparate topics, but it's really not. They're all connected. You look at 
2021 and go, this actually was their best opportunity to win a title. It was their best team. It was the weakest the conference was. They actually had the home playoff games. Now they had them in 2020 as well, but there was no Tom Brady. They were they were not really in the mix in the same kind of way. And if they if they win, they they probably go to the Super Bowl and win it. I, I will always believe that, that they were the best team in 2021. Getting to go on that one last run is worth two first round picks. Like, let's think about it this way. Who could the Packers add that would make them like not even uh, co-favorites in the NFC or like in the group of contenders in the NFC? Like if they traded, if we go non-quarterback and we just assume Jordan Love is good, I thought it was really smart. Frank Schraub at Yahoo wrote a piece as part of his Packers preview that was like, well, what if Jordan Love is good? What if Jordan Love is good? So let's just say, assume he's going to be baseline good. You, you bring in a superstar receiver, trade two first round picks to bring Devontae Adams back, let's say. Okay, great. By the way, sign me up for that. Great, do that. But that's, that's really the, the, the delta we're talking about here. That's the gap. I would, I would give up those picks to be a Super Bowl contender. So if you flip it around and say, you went on one more run in 2021 at the cost of those picks, I go, okay, cool. Now then it starts to get interesting. Would you have traded him after 2021? They fall short again. They have to trade Devontae Adams. They know that that situation is falling apart, but I understand they're they're between a rock and a hard place because you've got the back-to-back league MVP. You've got a receiver that kind of, and if you, if you even show any hint that you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams is like, I'm out. And you still think that's salvageable right until the end. So I do think there is a bit of a miscalculation there, but also the defense was awesome at the end of 2021. You get your guys back for Sean Gary, Jair Alexander back. Like they were really, really good at the end of that season. I think it was logical. Devontae Campbell was an all pro. Logical and reasonable that with the draft capital you were going to get from the Devontae Adams trade that you could turn that into real stuff and you could go and compete and you give Aaron Rodgers the security that he's asking for and he is going to buy, you know, continue to be bought in. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Now, that was a mistake that they made. But I think it is a forgivable one. To say, look, we got the best quarterback in the league. Let's let's make a run at this. Let's try and do what the Buccaneers did with Tom Brady or the Rams did with Matthew Stafford in this way, rather than you plop in the new quarterback, you plop in a new group of receivers and bet that your quarterback can elevate those guys. Now, Sammy Watkins was the wrong veteran to, to you know, throw, throw, the, throw your money at. They should have gone harder at Odell if they could have, but they, they really couldn't have money-wise. That's a that's a different conversation. Part of that had to do with, um, you know, well, a lot of things. And it sounds like Odell was not ready, was not going to be ready. There's a reason he didn't get signed. I don't know that there was a better option out there. Like Julio Jones was not it. I understand, though, the Packers saying, we think we can make this work with a defense that we think is going to get better. It didn't. And a quarterback who's the two-time MVP. They, they wanted it to work. 
as delusional as that is. And, and I think in a way you owe it to your guys and to your quarterback, especially to say, we're going to give you one more chance at this. And it was actually Rodgers who was like, pass. Ryan Rosillo on that same conversation with Kevin Clark made a great point. Aaron Rodgers has always cared about chemistry, except last year when he didn't. When he did not take any special steps until middle of the season. when he was like, actually, we might be able to do this. These guys are good. And then they're having the extra meetings and all that stuff. Actually, that was, you could also flip that and say, well, that's when it wasn't working the most. Um, he didn't put in the work and hasn't been putting in the work that he has been in, in New York. And so it led to the point where the Packers say, okay, this is the appropriate time for us to move on. We're going to trade a guy we want to trade. Because that's the only time quarterbacks get traded is if a team wants to trade them. All right, we're going to talk about Christian Watson. We're going to talk about the talent on this team. Before we get there, today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just get 20 bucks in the kitty. And you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend everything from the, uh, the, on the money line, over under, to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can pay it instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel America's number one sports book. Plus, we've got NFL futures coming up. NBA futures coming up. And I just, I just peeked at the Miami Dolphins to win the Super Bowl odds. I talked to our pal Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins and Locked On NFL Scouting about this over on Locked On Sports today last week. 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I like it. I like it. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day or next week on the show, we have... Hopefully another rookie orientation series, trying to schedule another Roger signature series. And we're now just a couple weeks away from training camp. So plenty more to talk about on the show. All right, two big topics I want to hit here before we finish up. We've talked a little bit about the Christian Watson star potential. And Paul Bradel from Packers Wire tweeted out a, a chart from Pro Football Focus and the chart is imperfect because it's it's short by my math, like 11-ish targets. Um, the, the, the interception at the end of the season being one of them, the drop against Minnesota being one of them, the touchdown against Dallas being one of them. So some good, some bad. But what it shows is, and I'll put it on the screen for those of you on YouTube, but what it shows for those of you just listening, hi, thank you for listening, is... In essentially every part of the field, with the exception of the short on the sidelines, so like little stop routes, maybe some slant routes, out routes, he is a good to great grade player. Middle of the field, killed teams. Highly graded vertically. We know he has that ability. Intermediate on the sidelines. Is he going to have that chemistry with Jordan Love right away on those transition go routes, on those back shoulder fades? Is that going to be as big a part of the offense for Matt LaFleur as it was for Aaron Rodgers? My guess would be no. Like they're going to do it because I think Matt LaFleur learned a lot of things from Aaron Rodgers about 
ways that you can just manufacture things because you have superior talent. But I think you're going to see the offense do a lot more of the work this year, which is great. It's great. You have a player, though, who coming out of the draft was pigeonholed as a speed guy, a deep guy, a Marquez Valdez Scantling type. We talked about this in the pre-draft run-up and after the Packers took him. And I said before the draft, before the Packers even took him, that he was one of four players I thought could be that true backside of the formation X receiver, traditional X, that it was Drake London, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, and George Pickens. And, you know, my pal Ross Jackson over at Locked on Saints likes to point out Chris Olave for as good as he is and was last year. He's a Z, not an X. And that was that was kind of the point that I was making about him. Like, he's he's a really fun player and a really, a really talented player. I think he's gonna be a really good receiver for a long time. He's not playing that that traditional backside X receiver role. I think Christian Watson can do that. What this chart provides is just more evidence that Christian Watson can win in every part of the field. And that is what makes an elite receiver an elite receiver. If you can only win underneath or you can only win in the middle of the field, usually that means schemed up or just being a big body. Like Travis Kelsey mostly wins in the middle of the field. That's okay. He's Travis Kelsey. And he's as dominant in the middle of the field as anyone has ever been. If you can only win vertically, that limits what you can be because it limits how you can be used. And I think we saw early in Christian Watson's career, the Packers put limits on Watson that maybe he didn't deserve. Like, I don't believe he went from week three, week four, I can only be a clear out guy and a jet motion guy. And by week eight, week nine, you have Matt LaFleur saying, we think he can do everything in this offense. Like that, that doesn't track for me. I think they, they limited him early on, maybe out of caution, maybe out of an overabundance of caution. He had the ability to win and we saw it in, in pieces in North Dakota State. And I think he's going to turn out to be a really good example of something we talk about all the time. And that is this idea that just because you didn't do something doesn't mean you can't do it. Just because you weren't asked to do something doesn't mean you can't do it. And so it's one of those things that when you're evaluating Christian Watson, you don't know what you don't know. Now, when he went to the Senior Bowl and showed out and showed a more diverse route tree, a more diverse release package, and and one in different kinds of ways, you go, okay, well, that's nice. That's the senior bowl. It's, it's, it's nice, right? But it's not the same as seeing it on tape. Now it's on tape. He can win along the sidelines. He can win one up. Like he wasn't asked because he's always open at North Dakota State. He didn't have to go up at adversity situations and make plays. Just didn't have to. We saw him do it a number of times last year. We didn't see him have to win with his route running very much at North Dakota State. We saw him on a number of occasions snap off routes. He didn't have to use his underneath run after catch ability because he was using so much of his vertical route tree at North Dakota State. But we saw 
a little drift drift route off play action. You know, it's a little short, short post. Middle of the field, bang, he can be off to the races. So if you can win underneath, which he showed he can last year, and you can win in the middle of the field, which he showed last year in spades, and you can win vertically, which he showed last year in spades, and you can win in that intermediate part of the field on the outside and on the inside, now you can do everything. You can be put anywhere. Last few weeks, he started playing more in the slot to threaten teams vertically because the ability for your slot receiver to threaten vertical in a too high world is essential because teams are playing so much quarters. You're playing all this, this too high coverage. You're playing quarter, quarter, half. That safety is going to have to carry you and safeties cannot run with Christian Watson. Aaron Rodgers had one of the worst performances of his career. I think the worst performance of his career completing deep balls last year. And he was like way worse than the second worst quarterback. And he had the most attempts, deep attempts, according to the Sharp Football Stats. Warren Sharp had the, the stats. He was like, he was terrible throwing the ball down the field. If Jordan Love is just like adequate to slightly below average, they complete four or five more of those guys, or maybe even just two or three. Well, that could be the difference between winning a game or two. And now instead of eight and nine, you're nine and eight, or you're 10 and seven. And your season looks totally different. Okay, all this talk about talent. Why don't they won more? It's a great question. We're going to talk about it in just a second. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers, thank you so much. Um, I would love for you to go check out Locked on Sports today. I mentioned a couple times on the show, talking Damian Lillard today with our Miami Heat host, talking Victor Wimbenyama with our Spurs host. If you want to get your basketball fix in, we've got that going there right now. Baseball, as we get closer to the playoffs, plenty of NFL stuff going to be going on there. All the big stories in sports in under 20 minutes. So one of the comments underneath um, the, the post that I had about Christian Watson, great question, you know, name with a bunch of numbers, I, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Usually those are bad comments, but this was a really good comment. And it was essentially with all this talent, why, haven't this, why isn't this team won? Like if Christian Watson is that good, why did they not win more games? And part of the reason is, well, the defense didn't play its talent. But either the offense, Aaron Rodgers did not play to his ability. And this has been a recurring theme for the Packers over the last few years in the playoffs. Their best players have not been their best. Aaron Rodgers has not been his best. Was not his best against the 49ers two years ago. Was not his best against the Lions in week 18. Was not his best against the 49ers three years ago. Was not his best against Tampa in the second half of that game in particular. Can't have that. Aaron Jones. Big fumble in the Tampa Bay game. Zadarius Smith said he didn't show up to that first 49ers game. You had, you know, Billy Turner playing out of position, but he didn't play well in either the Buccaneers game or the 49ers game. So you're, you're looking at this going, okay, these are the guys you're supposed to be relying on. And when they don't deliver, where are you left with? Those teams, especially 2020 and 2021, those teams were legitimately Super Bowl quality. They were good enough to win. Why didn't they? Well, little little things here and there, special teams in this case. Like we know the 2020 offense, 
was incredible until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. They had a, they had a pretty easy time, the Buccaneers did, stifling the Packers in, in situations where they needed to, but all of that is true, except Aaron Rodgers had a chance to score if he doesn't, uh, in, in late in the late in the game, if he runs it in. Devontae Adams dropped a back shoulder that Rodgers didn't put in the perfect place, but is a catch that you see Devontae Adams make like 98 times out of 100. All these things went wrong for Green Bay and they still almost won. And if Chris Godwin is wearing a tighter shirt, the Packers, you know, Tom Brady airmailed that third down throw that, that Kevin King got called for the holding on. If he's wearing a tighter shirt and that doesn't get called, the Packers are getting the ball back with a chance to go win the game. It is incredibly close, the margin. Last year, the Eagles were the best team. They lost in the Super Bowl. They did. And we've seen this before. The best team, like the Patriots came back from 28-3. They were getting their butts kicked. The Falcons, to me, were the best team that year. They lost. The Seahawks were, were gonna win, again, against the Patriots. They inexplicably called a pass that the Patriots knew they were gonna call, that they read and scouted and had ready for it. And one play changes everything. Going to be, it was going to be a walk in touchdown, and everyone's going to be going, Why was Bill Belichick not calling timeouts to give Tom Brady an opportunity to go down and score? The best team didn't win. The Seahawks were the, were the best team that year. I said that, by the way, in 2014, all year. The Packers, I was like, The Packers are going to get the number one, might get the number one seed, but they're not the best team the Seahawks are. And that proved to be true, except in the NFC Championship game, the Packers were the better team for 58 minutes. They were the better team that day until they weren't. The Packers have been on the wrong end of a lot of bad luck. And sometimes that's just what happens. I, I wish it were it were more complex than that. In a lot of ways, I wish it were I wish it were simpler than that because if you could just say, well, it's because the Packers didn't XYZ. No, no, their teams were good enough in 2020 and 2021. They did not play well enough. They just didn't. And it's a little bit of coaching and it's a little bit of personnel and it's a little bit of execution and it's a little bit of your best guys didn't play. It's a little bit of a lot of things, of course. But talent, I guess, is a way of saying a talent is not enough. Eric Eager, um, formerly a pro football focus, now of uh, Sumer Sports, is fond of saying um, luck is a first order term. Some stuff just happens sometimes. And unfortunately, that's the reality. All right, back next week with a lot more Unlocked on Packers. Follow me on Twitter and threads, Peter underscore Bukowski. Because um, I get threads is seeming to work now. I don't know if this stuff, my feed is so much better than it was 24 hours ago. So go check me out on threads. Um, follow me there, uh, Peter underscore Bukowski. Um, follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. I should, I should get Locked on Packers on threads too. I haven't yet, but I will soon. Um, and anytime you want to come hang out with us live, well, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And then, on, of course, on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, we're going to do some live stuff in training camp. We're going to go live after a preseason game or two, maybe. So you can stay locked on Packers. <laughs>